This is a Founding Media podcast. This podcast episode is brought to you by our friends, Traverse Legal. They were super helpful as we started Founding Media and the podcast network. Traverse Legal has been changing the way law is practiced since its own founding in 2004, with a focus on utilizing technology to better deliver IP and business law services to founders, startups, and emerging growth companies. Traverse Legal's latest offering, Traverse GC, provides a monthly fixed fee, fractional general counsel offering to companies. Learn more by visiting TraverseLegal.com. Welcome to the Packing Taste Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Brave. This week, we're talking about all things funding, investing, and growth with Kirsten Ross of SKU Austin. SKU is the consumer products accelerator. They educate and equip companies with market-validated products for growth into world-class brands. More than likely, you have used or consumed a product that has gone through SKU, especially if you're in Texas. Let's hear more from Kirsten about her role and what advice she has for upcoming entrepreneurs and applicants. Thank you for coming, Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um, before we dive into what exactly SKU is, I wanted to get some information, background from you. Are you from Austin? Are you in transplant? Who's really from Austin? I mean, I guess nobody nowadays. It's a rarity. Yeah. I mean, I've been here for seven years. I think 28 buildings have gone up downtown. So, I mean, I'd say I'm from Austin. Now I've you're seen, from Austin. Now I'm from Austin. Okay. Originally, I'm from Minneapolis. And you came here, what, how long have you said? 27 years? No, seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. 20 cells, like, okay. <laughs> and seven years. Seven yeah. Years. I moved here six years ago, I think. But. Austin is changing super fast, which we like. Um, and you were doing brokerage stuff? Yeah, I was an insurance broker before. Okay, and now you're the new managing director now for I'm a SKU. managing director for SKU. Okay, awesome. Well, let's dive in. If you can tell us a little bit about why you wanted to start working with CPG companies, which, if you guys don't know by now, consumer packaged goods or foods, as I like to say. But what what uh what kind of sparked your interest towards that community? I consider myself a very good consumer. <laughs> you love to eat. I, I love to eat. Yeah. Um, I grew up, you know, with Target in my backyard and General Mills, so I always had an eye towards the um, retail front and the you know food industry. Um, and when I came here to Austin, I was very much enthralled with the entrepreneurial scene in the CPG space, as well as, you know, technology and all the other wonderful areas that were entrepreneurial. But um, CPG is great. You can go find it in Whole Foods, put it in your pantry. You know, you know the founder and you can really support them and get behind them. Yeah. For some for some reason, I think that like startup CPG scene is a lot cooler, a little bit hipper than the tech scene. I feel like we've seen the tech scene just explode and explode and explode. Now you have this whole CPG coming in and I don't know, people around food is a lot, like, I get a happier sense of that than people around technology. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because okay. typically you see somebody who is just 
so passionate about their idea and you can actually understand what their idea is, not when you go down to Capital Factory, which I love, yeah. but sometimes I'm like, oh, artificial intelligence might be a little over my head. It's a little scary. <laughs> it's I don't know what that scary. is. I'm just going to go eat a nice nutrition bar. Uh, yes. So, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so let's talk a little bit about Skew, what it is, what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You take take yeah. the lead here. Yeah. yeah. Well, Skew is on our um, seventh track. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has had a really good, successful run. Um, it originally started as Incubation Station, the brainchild of Sherry Ressler, who's an attorney here in town. And she was seeing these accelerators and incubators um, in the tech scene and was just questioning why that didn't exist in the consumer products good. And she reached out to Clayton Christopher, Joe Ross, Dan Graham, and a few others and said, hey, what if we put together a consumer products accelerator? And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was the first CPG accelerator um, in the country. So, I mean, it was very forward thinking when it came together. And um, what they do is they bring companies through a pretty um, tight program of 12 to 14 weeks where there's classroom days that dive deep into brand and vision to, you know, the legal, to the operations, to, you know, um, capital raise. Yeah. And is it is it like a once a week thing, yeah. twice a week? It's Could- once a week. Um, and then there's a mentor team assigned to every company that goes through the program. And um, they really bring home what has been taught in class and, you know, use some practical applications to get these companies through some of the hurdles that face, um, you know, any CPG company as they grow. And um, so over the years, you know, it's iterated. The mentors have, you know, I think it started off at 25 mentors. And now we have um, about 65 mentors that are current um, for this track. And how it works is, you know, companies apply and there's a long, lengthy application process where we bring some (laughs) in for live interviews and then there's a negotiation because there's a logistical aspect of it, you know. Um, We're trying to get a good mix within our class Mm -hmm. um, or with each cohort. So this year we have seven companies going through the program. One is a traditional food company. Two are water companies. Um, we have a dog food company and then two hardware companies, hard good companies. So it's a different mix than um, previous tracks that have been a little bit more food focused. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to mention. You guys typically pick um, <clears throat> CPG food focused brands. But when I saw the list this year, it was like a sous vide for dog food and then yeah. the hardware company and then the grilling company. It's like, okay, this is this is like a very broad profile, but um, they're all uh, market-ready products, mm-hmm. right? Uh, established or emerging brands. Um, are they – are most of them in retail at this point? They – all but one has sales, um, okay. and they, there's a lot direct-to-consumer and some through retail. Okay. And they could be selling traditional retail or online. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess when um, – because we have – what, what I'm why I'm having this show is there's so many emerging brands here in Texas, and I think, like, everyone's kind of trying to seek help – and everyone's been super helpful with me. So I kind of wanted to highlight that. But when should, I guess, CPG brands or emerging brands start seeking help? Because when we're starting companies, 
we're locked up in the kitchen nonstop, testing, 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 making sure this is like ready to be released for the people. Mm-hmm. When do you think is a good time for a brand to start seeking outside help from mentorship, investment? Is it an early stage thing? Like what uh, on your like based on your opinion, when do you think? Yeah, well, like anything, the more people you ask, the more guidance you receive, the better you can position yourself. Um, and CBG is a little unique because there's so many different hurdles. I mean, there's the actual product development aspect of it. There's a branding and positioning. Um, there is, you know, weighing the different avenues to get to your consumer. Is it going to be the farmer market? Is it going to be the, you know, boutique local stores? Is it going to be going into a Whole Foods channel? Is it going to be on Amazon? And they all have um, their own nuances to it. Mm -hmm. And so seeking the guidance of somebody who has walked, you know, before them through these um, problems and weighing the options. I mean, it's great just to understand which direction you're going. I mean, it matters from a margins perspective. It will also matter – Just even understanding the buying structure of Whole Foods is very different than the buying structure of a Safeway um, versus going and just dropping off samples to a local store that will, you know, put it on the shelves almost immediately. So, I mean, there's different um, thoughts behind each of it and you can position your product and, you know, build your financial models to support the different um, ways of reaching your consumer. Yeah, I think um, I know for me, for example, from day one, I've always I'm always asking questions, trying to like talk to the masters in my field, um, yeah. kind of get advice. But I feel like a lot of founders and entrepreneurs might have um, like this ego issue of like, oh well, I I, I got this. I, I know I know my product better than anybody. I don't need advice. But I think we we're both saying that like it's. From early on, it's good to start seeking advice and get some help. It's great that you know your product, but your consumers yeah. want the product you've created. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like we have our we're in in the sauce, right? Like mm-hmm. we're we're in there, but it, sometimes um, some insight from the outside can be a lot more helpful. Yeah, in, in certain degrees, but um, we can get more into that a little bit later. I do want to I want to talk about the mentors you guys have because. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, you said 12-week program. Mm-hmm. You guys meet once a week, um, and then everyone gets assigned, like, a mentor group, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of mentors do you guys have? Um, so, for example, we said that you guys have a new sous vide for dogs. Yeah. How can your mentors help them? These mentors have had experience before. Can you talk a little bit more about the mentors? Yeah, absolutely. So our mentors have a variety of skill sets. Mm-hmm. You'll find some that are very industry focused. Um, you know, you have somebody who's great at frozen food mm-hmm. and they understand all of the different traditional like grocery and retail channels for mm-hmm. frozen food. Now, that person is going to be a great fit for my sous vide dog food company, Grocery Pup, because they are actually um, selling frozen dog food in places like Whole Foods and hopefully expanding. And how you turn a skew over um, or the inventory over in the frozen food section is very different than something that's shelf stable. Yeah, it's totally different. Like they, I don't, I think they have to do a quicker velocity, mm -hmm. like their stuff melts, for example. I don't have to worry about that. I can leave my stuff in a warehouse, ranges 30 different degrees, but they can't. Exactly. So a mentor, you're like, you have a specified mentor for them that 
has seen difficulties like that before or obstacles yeah. like that before. Yeah. And then we also, exactly. So we have a mentor that's really dedicated in the frozen food, mm-hmm. but we also will have a mentor that's great with just finances and they've mm-hmm. just built and scaled companies. Now that's somebody that I also want to put on a team. They may, might not have any expertise in the frozen dog food company, yeah. um, but they understand numbers yeah. and they understand the scalability. So they can look at somebody's financial models and say, hey, here's some areas of improvement here, you know, um, shipping and, you know, they're, they're playing around with the margins yeah. and understanding how much they need to raise and at what time and from what sort of investors. Yeah. So it's not necessarily Everything has to be industry related, but having an, a nice mix of somebody that has expertise yeah. in the industry. You know, all of my seven companies have a, a weak area, right? Yeah. That I stacked a couple of mentors on their team to to offset that weak area, whether it's, you know, they just needed to perfect their branding and storytelling um, or market positioning um, or one great vegan um, cosmetic company needs more product development mm-hmm. expertise. And I have a great mentor in the cosmetics industry um, who does a ton of product development. So I put her on the Lamique team. Yeah. So it's really just finding, you know, what needs to happen from yeah. a support perspective in and, each and, of the companies. And um, how big are these, like, mentor groups? Is it, like, five per brand? Does it... M- very can one mentor hop to another one and be helpful because yeah. because they're not competing against each other. No, there's Every, we're all on the same side here, right? Because it's Austin. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. nobody nobody plays that game in Austin. Yeah. It's a it's you know it's a definitely a collaborative um, city, and mm-hmm. that's what our mentors really sign on for yeah. SKU for. So every company will have um, five or six mentors on their team, um, but they'll also have access across the mentor network. Yeah. So there are some mentors that aren't assigned to a team just because they have time capacity or yeah. you know issues. So, you know, Leah Resig from The Chive is a new mentor I brought on this year okay. and he's great and he's brilliant when it comes to marketing and branding yeah. and being I'm a visionary. Sure the chive, yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's awesome. But he doesn't have the time right now um, to be a dedicated mentor for a team, but all of the companies will have access to him, mm. you know, to pick his brain, to use him in whatever way that they need to um, just whether it's hearing his story or just kind of bouncing ideas off of him. Yeah. So, um, we have a balance of mentors, the ones who are actually Slotted for a team, and then the ones yeah. who are just part of the network. Um, so one of the things I'm really interested about, because I live in Houston, and I have to come all the way to Austin to get, like, the CPG vibe. Um, and most of my mentors are here. Obviously, the exploding scene is here. But what I've noticed is all these events are always packed. Like, the SKU events, like, the cocktails hours are my favorite, of course, but <laughs> the SKU events are awesome. I go to Barcode, mm-hmm. Sputnik, all these other um, like accelerators and, and incubator groups. They're always filled. So my question, I was sitting down in one of the events the other day and I'm like, how do people, how are people absorbing this advice? Because I think a lot of us go to these things seeking some sort of answers or some sort of light to hit us in the face. Um, and that never seems to be the case. It's a little bit more fluid than that, but how do, is there a way like um, startups or brands like mine should be managing the mentorship we get? Like, should, like, let's say you assign five mentors for a brand. It's not just about listening to everything they say, right? You got to take everything with mm-hmm. a grain of salt. Um, 
you could get five different opinions from your five yes, mentors. Yes, yes, yeah. which which I have gotten before from two different mentors from the same old company telling me to do two completely separate things. Yeah. So it's like, well, your VP of marketing told me to th- do this, but you were the owner. Why are you guys saying different things? And I remember kind of panicking and being like, who's right here? So, I mean, can we say that ultimately, like, it's always going to be up to the founder or whoever CEO's decision um, to manage that advice you get, kind Mm -hmm. of take it in, react to it, right? Like, what's your take on that? Well, I think some people are naturally better at receiving advice and and figuring it out. out That's a skill on its own. Yeah, that is. And those are usually the ones who have a strong um, vision of what they want their company to be, and they can receive the advice and place it. You know, is it in alignment with what I think this company should be, or is it something that I hear and I can respond to Mm -hmm. and just choose to discard? Um, I don't think there is always the right answer for any of this. I mean, there's never going to be the right answer. You can have a company doing the exact same thing. One uses Amazon as their distribution option and getting to the customers, and one can go through a bunch of high-end boutique retailers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they couldn't be more different, but they could both have great success. So I don't think there's always one answer. Yeah. But what you can't pass up and by is the great advice that people who have actually done it successfully can give you. Yeah, definitely. I think, so that kind of leads on to the next thing I want to talk about is um, the expectation um, applicants have or emerging brands have versus what really happens in SKU. So a great example is like what we were saying earlier is um, founders, CEOs, uh, startups, we go to these events and we're like, oh, we're going to get all the knowledge. They're, these mentors are going to be on my team. This, this, this they're going to love us and give me a million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to love me. The money's going to flow my way. I have all the right answers. These guys have succeeded before. This is going to be a piece of cake. And you go in there, or at least I do, I go in there and I'm like, why don't I feel like this void filled after he, <laughs> listening to, you know, so-and-so from so-and-so company talk for two hours. Um, so what's what's the reality in SKU versus this expectation? Like, I remember when I first talked about SKU with some of the mentors, I'm like, oh, you guys hand out money. You guys have all the right answers. You, you'll, like, take my hand and shake the buyer from Whole Foods for me. Yeah. But it's not really that, right? It's not that. Um, I mean, that's the quick fix. That's the, yeah. that's that enlightenment. That's that aha moment that yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. get, you know, every time you meet somebody. Um, and that's not what SKU is. Mm-hmm. What SKU really is, is the tools and the network to get you where you want to go. And it is going to be leveraging that network. So the I think an expectation that I've heard from people is they assume they would go through this program and they would therefore get, you know, you know, they would have an easier time fundraising and they'd get the capital that they were seeking. Well, yeah, we can introduce you to all sorts of venture mm-hmm. capital firms, private equity firms, you know, angels and the super angels. Um, and that's not necessarily going to mean that you are going to get funded from these individuals. Yeah. A good company will get funded. Yeah. But it takes becoming a good company, um, not just going through the program. Yeah. So becoming operationally better in every area and 
leveraging the mentor network to its fullest capability that's saying, okay, so I have 65, maybe even 100 if you look at some of the past mentors, individuals, and I'm going down with a spreadsheet and checking them off. Like I'm going to sit down and have coffee with this person, reach out, make sure I follow up every other month with a good little update of a success that I've had. It's managing those relationships that will get you the funding that you need. It's not necessarily just going through the motions of the program and assuming at the completion of it that you're going to get the check that yeah. you might think <laughs> oh, you Here's need. $10 million. <laughs> here's $10 yeah. million. Dollars. And, and by leveraging, you mean like knowing how to use this advice in this network. Like you you have opened up the gates for these brands and um, they're coming in and there's these awesome mentors, cool network, all these really good resources. And it could be a little overwhelming, but knowing how to, like, it's up to us or up to the applicants to know how to manage that stuff to then get that investment they want. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you can introduce a brand probably to 50 different investors here in Austin, but that doesn't mean anyone's going to hand you a check. Yeah. That, I mean, that would be awesome, but very unlikely. Yeah. yeah. And um, Joe says it best, Joe Ross, um, why would you seek outside capital if you could decrease your margins by 10%? Keep your cap table clean and all yourself. You make your company more efficient and better run. Put off that raise until you can do it more meaningfully on your terms, not somebody else's terms. Yeah. And honestly, you're going to be in a better position because of that. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes you need capital to grow. Oftentimes you do yeah. um, in this world. But um, just understanding the different levers that you have to play around with um, is important for these businesses. And I think even that sort of insight is something that successful entrepreneurs who've had exits can um, give to the teams coming through SKU. Yeah. And it's also leveraging the network in not obvious ways. Um, it made me feel so great. Uh, our first class, we were doing an icebreaker warm kind of like a warming up um, before class started. Mm-hmm. And one of our teams, Boomi, is this fantastic sugarcane water. And they're trying to get out to Expo West, which is actually happening right, right now. Right now, yeah. Right now. Where we're not at. Where we're not yeah. at. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were having a hard time getting their product out there. Mm-hmm. And one of the mentors, he's like, I've been a mentor for years, and um, I don't do anything exciting. I just have a freight company. And Boomi looked at him, and they were just like, we are having challenges yeah. getting our product out to Expo West. And he's like, no big deal. And literally in an hour, he's connecting them with somebody on his team to get their product moved from Austin out to California. Yeah. And what they had been working days to get fixed and resolved yeah, happened yeah. within minutes. Those are, just those because moments. those are the moments yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. like, and this is why SKU works. Yeah. We're bringing these fantastic mentors and who can have real solutions and real guidance for these companies that have, you know, and the companies are having real startup company challenges. Yeah, yeah, of and, and having them meet in the middle for like a good success like yeah. that is just fantastic. Yeah. I um a little a little shout out to Expo West for for you listeners, um, all all the startups out there. Expo West is in Anaheim, California. It's one of the biggest all natural uh, food shows mm-hmm. of the year. Um so you guys should do some research and look it up. It's, it's. Uh, I think it's bigger than the fancy food show, um, at least the one I went to in California. Um, so to kind of like excite some of our listeners, do you guys um, 
end up investing in these SKU companies sometimes? Because, uh, like I said, I think my understanding earlier on a year ago was like, we'll give you 8000 for 12%. And then when I started asking around for that, it was uh, our mentors were like, no, 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 no. no I I don't know what it is, but it's not that. Yeah, no, okay. that's not it. And um, I'll just disclose what we're doing this track, and yeah. it's you know it's been different over the previous tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might be different next year. Mm-hmm. But for this track, how it is structured is we take five points of equity from each of the companies going through the program, mm-hmm. and that equity goes into a pool that the mentors get to um, share in. So the mentors are incentivized to put. Their, um, you know, their Rolodex basically yeah. available to these teams and to build these teams up to hopefully have some successful exits because they they'll actually get to reap the rewards yeah. of a, you know any sort of distribution that happens from mm-hmm. an equity perspective. Um, and I don't think anyone views this as a, a fund that they're going to get rich on, but it's yeah. just a nice little carrot if well, you yeah. know, that everybody gets. I mean, investors who have been in the industry before and know about this stuff, that sounds like the best kind of investor, right? Yeah. Ju- yeah I mean, like, yeah, if your grandfather offers you $20,000 to start up, that's cool. But if an expert who's been in the industry for 20 years offers you $20,000, I think that's worth a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. But the so these five points aren't worth a certain amount. You guys decide that between the investors and, and the it's, company. It's in, by no means a valuation of the company. Yeah. So we do yeah, give yeah. $20,000 at the completion of the program mm-hmm. to the companies, but don't take that 20000 and the five points of equity and try to say that there's a certain valuation that we're okay. putting on these companies. Okay. That's not it. I mean, they're two separate items. That 5%, I would almost view as more just... access to a bunch of CEOs that you're not going to have to hire a bunch of consultants and branding experts and the freight guy that's going to make sure that your product gets out to Excel West on time so you can do a big splash. I mean, that's what those five points are really are for. Um, And frequently our companies are – have an eye towards some sort of a raise. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have now, you know – a network of investors that are all accredited investors that they can be basically showcasing their mm-hmm. hard work, their dedication, their product improvement too. So when you actually have the raise, you have a set amount of individuals that you can go to that have seen you kind of grow up mm-hmm. um, through through the program. And I mean, we'll we often do sidecars, and you know, certain investors will get behind certain companies. Yeah, um, yeah, that. That sounds really awesome to be connected with those types of investors. Um, could you talk a little bit about previous um, success yeah. stories from SKU? Because you guys have quite a few. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm proud of, like, all of the companies. So yeah, yeah. I uh, was doing some research just from a numbers perspective on, like, the success of CPG companies. Mm-hmm. So for a product, like, 30,000 products are launched every year. And like seventy five percent fail, so I mean it is like that makes me feel comfort. Not yeah. really good statistics, <laughs> but of all of our thirty seven um, companies that have gone through SKU mm. from like track one to six, ninety seven percent are still in business. Yeah, so that speaks volumes. And, and a couple of them have sold. A couple of right. them have sold. So, you know, you have the third, a third, a third. A third yeah, are yeah. just kind of hanging on. A third are doing, you know, pretty good and nice little lifestyle businesses. And, yeah. like, a third you're just like, oh, my goodness, and you just want to be their biggest 
cheerleader. And so Siete, one of the biggest. Um, Huge fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the biggest raises that happened in Austin last year went through um, Skew. And I believe their name was Must Be Nutty when they went through Skew. We did help them with the rebranding. Wait, Siete was Must Be Nutty? Yeah. Wow. And, okay. you know, and then they did some rebranding work. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to try to say Skew was integral in what they were doing, but I I really think uh, we were. Bit, a little bit, I mean, yeah. the founders, Miguel and Veronica, are just fantastic. Yeah. And, like, the whole family is great. Um, but they, I mean, they were smart individuals, and they leveraged that network. They found a couple of oh, the yeah, biggest angels um, through the network. You know, their branding and their product is fantastic in and of itself, but they got guidance from a lot of people in turning it into, you know, what has been such a huge success. Yeah. We had Epic Bar um, come through. So Katie and Taylor actually started out um, as Thunderbird, and they ended up iterating kind of through the SKU process. And, you know, Thunderbird is still existing in one form and fashion. They yeah. broke off and did Epic um, Which is as what, well. They're uh, the, all bison bars yeah. or something like yeah. that, right? Well, I think they're chicken and turkey now yeah, yeah, as well, yeah. but they're okay. the, the meat protein bars. Yeah. Um, and Siete, they do tortillas, tortillas chips, yeah. salsas. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, these names are just like so familiar yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you should probably give a little context yeah. to them. But, um, um, and then Seaweed Bath is another strong success. Seaweed Bath, yes. I mean, yeah. Pride Bites. Um, I mean, we've had a lot. Yeah, and if if you guys haven't heard about these companies, you can Google them. And like Siete, I think two weeks ago, got $90 million, like capital infusion or something. Yes. And Epic Bar sold to so-and-so for General, 100, General General Mills Mills. For 100 mm-hmm. million. So for you guys out there, just like. Definitely keep going. Skew sounds like they're doing something to these brands. Yeah. You got to take credit where credit is due. Um, I mean, it's really the mentors at the end of the well, day. Well, yeah, yeah. Great program with some really solid mentors. It's working with all those people, I think. Um, so where where do you think CPG is heading? Where, where like In is, Austin or yeah, just in general? Uh, in Austin and in general. Yeah. Well, in Austin, there's a lot of really exciting things that are happening. Um, Naturally Boulder is a fantastic um, organization um, that has a lot of clout within the CPG, especially in the food Mm -hmm. um, community. And we are establishing a Naturally Austin that will be launching next month. So that is really exciting um, to really support all sorts of founders and people who want to do collaborative things within this space, within this ecosystem. Um, And we also, there's a few funds that are being developed to kind of meet that need of, you know, we've kind of exhausted the angel network here, but you're not quite big enough for a um, traditional VC fund to really come in and, um, you know, write a bigger check. You don't need the $5 million check. You don't need the $25,000 check anymore. And there's a whole lot of space in between. So we're seeing a few funds bubble up to really serve um, that need in the community. A lot more money being thrown around, I see. Yeah, Yeah, a lot more money. And we also are having a lot of conversations with banks um, who haven't traditionally banked CPG companies, yeah. trying to figure out ways to actually do some some traditional banking. Yeah, because um, I, I think I spoke to a bank a couple times, and they just looked at me like, you're crazy. We're not yeah. going to give you any money. Food, CPG, what is that? Yeah. You know, but They're trying to figure it out because it's yeah. a pillar here in Austin. And I, I mean, like, I think 
sustainability approaches to our food industry that's just totally emerging. So more people want to put some money in there because CPG is exploding. People are starting to like look at what they're eating, be more concerned with the brands they're supporting and mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I guess the, the CPG community is exploding all, all over the country. Um, so quickly, before we go, any personal advice for food startups from the managing director? Be innovative and just take your product and get it in front of customers and really, really listen to the feedback you're getting. Yeah. Keep going. Just keep going. Um, okay. And great advice. The If we can plug – so you guys are doing track seven now. We're doing track seven now. So do we have dates for track eight? Um, track eight will be 2020. Okay. Um, here in Austin. We're in conversations about expanding yeah. um, outside of the Austin, so more to come on that. Please come um, to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> well, Houston isn't too far of a drive yeah, from Austin. Yeah. Um, and applicants um, will start taking applications this summer. So right before the end of our current track, we'll mm-hmm. open it up for applicants. And we're also going to invite anybody who wants to um, apply for track eight mm-hmm. to come to our showcase day to see kind of what the community that SKU brings together is. Yeah. So and you, can, you don't you don't have to be in Texas. You don't have to be in Texas. I've got a farmer from Oklahoma with a CBD water driving down every yeah, yeah, week. Yeah. I've got somebody flying in from Palo Alto, somebody driving in from Houston. Yeah. Um, so Do you guys have a Brazilian? Or? Yeah. Okay. So that's um, the gentleman who has this fantastic um Cleaning, uh, home cleaning supply company. Okay. Um, awesome. Brazilian, but living in Palo Alto. And um, do these are these products uh, already market tested? These are market validated. There's one okay. company that is just doing pre-orders right now, but they have the products. Um, you know, manufacturing all lined up. They're just yeah. They need to flip on the switch and hit go. Yeah. So if you have a, a market validated product. You can apply on SKU's website. You can just Google uh, SKU ATX. If you go to SKU ATX, we don't have the apply button ready Not right yet. now. Yeah, Not yeah. yet, but you can click on contact us, and it's info at SKU.is, and that will um, get an email over to us, and we are keeping a nice big log of companies that we're going to yeah. reach out to and make sure that we tell them exactly when the link to apply is up. And, again, summer 2019 is when you guys are going to applications. Yep. And then, so lastly, quickly, um, I like asking all my guests this, but if you can advise people on how how do you manage what you want to do, what you should do, and what you have to do? Because those are all different mm-hmm. things to me. I guess when I want to do something and I'm doing it with the right intentions, they all kind of line right all mm-hmm. up together. I'll pour my energy into anything that I really need to do because I want to do it. Yeah. Okay. So you merge all of them together. I try to merge them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, awesome, Kirsten. um, I'm glad you came on the show. I hope uh, some people come and apply on SKU and we can just keep making Texas boom as the upcoming CPG state. I hope so. It's headed that way. So thank you so much, Axel. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks again, Kirsten. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me and to share more about SKU. 
We will put a link in the show notes to learn more about their programs and how to get involved. The Packing Taste team includes me, Axel Brave, producer, Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer, Jake Wallace. Thank you everyone at Founding Media for your support. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And maybe leave us a review on iTunes to help other folks find the show. Thanks for listening.